a little dog Sadie. She's giving me the stink eye. Now she's gonna fucking plop on the floor. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. It is me. Your boy. Stu McAllister. With me, as always, are the dogs. I got Sadie Dog there. I got Wean Dog under the blanket right there. Ah, uh, it is Monday, February 7th, 2020. Dose. How was your day? Was it a good day? Yeah, it was. It was a good day. Yeah, I know you had a good day. I know it's Monday. And I know a lot of pe people freak out about Mondays. Like, ah, oh, fuck, I got a case of the Mondays. Whatever the fuck that means. What the fuck does that mean? Got a case of the Mondays. No one's got a case of the Tuesdays or a case of the Fridays. Ah, oh, man, I got a case of the Fridays. I know it's uh, you, you, you probably a lot of you probably had your weekend off. You had off a Saturday and a Sunday. Now you got to go back to work, the the regular rigmarole of the job. But uh, if you hate your fucking job and that's why you, you're like, ah, fuck, I got a case of the Mondays. Well, then maybe you get a new fucking job. That's what you fucking do. You quit your shithole job. You're like, fuck you, motherfucker. And then you go get yourself a new fucking job. That's what I did. I got, uh, I started my new job today. How about that? I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, everybody. I was very nervous about it. I had that, I had those weird feelings of anxiety in my, in my chest. And I hate that. The whole starting over again, you know, you, you, you get to that new job and you're like, fuck, I don't know anybody. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't have the routine down yet. None of that shit. You're like, ah, fuck. So yeah, I was, I was, I was very nervous about. It. I had, to, I went in at eleven. I kind of was dreading it. I had a case of the Mondays. <laughs> ah, fuck! I got a case of the Mondays. I was dreading it. I went and did some shit. I mailed some Macari shit. If you guys, uh like sports shit if you're new to the podcast uh here here's the gist uh i used to be a comedian for a living i used to do social work for a living i used to drive dip and dots ice cream for a living and now i got a new job i'm trying to figure myself out but i have a uh, i got a little side gig everybody's got to have a side gig when in the when in the fucking world did it become this uh almost expected thing of having a side gig you know whether you're uh working for a shit or uber everybody's got another job this isn't really a job it's just something i enjoy i i like finding sports memorabilia and then i flip it on macari i try to make some extra bucks on macari so uh, i mailed out some shit if you guys are interested I posted a lot of new shit last night so if you're a Green Bay Packers fan I threw a lot of Green Bay Packers shit up there Indianapolis Colts shit uh, Barry Sanders if you're a fan of the Lions or the, the 
Barry Sanders, a lot of that shit. Threw it all up there. If you care, I got it all linked on my, my Twitter page and my Instagram page, at Stu McAllister. There we go. I actually, uh, before I you continue my case of the Monday story, some Macari stories. Macari. I had a guy on Instagram message me. He's like, hey, let's do a partnership. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what this means. This guy is a, uh, he's a Colts fan. He's a big Indianapolis Colts fan. And uh, I think it's like Colts Mafia or some shit. Let me, let me look for real quick here. Um, Colts Militia. That's, that's the name of the, uh, Instagram page Colts Militia. He's got 41,000 followers. He's the Instagram's number one source for Colts coverage. All right, I guess. I don't I don't fucking know whatever. But he messaged me and he's like, "Oh, let's do a partnership." And I was like, "Ah, sweet. What does that mean?" <laughs> I don't know what that means. What does it mean? We're doing a partnership. I'm not a Colts fan. Why do you want to do a partnership with me? I don't get it. But apparently he must have seen that I had some Colts shit cuz he's like, "Oh, this is what I can do for you." Ah, you send me some cold shit, and then I'll promote you on the page. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Fuck. Do I send this guy some shit? I got 31 Colts things on my Macari page. Jerseys. Uh, I got a Colt flask. Fucking Mr. Potato Head Colt thing. I got a lot of shit. Shirts, jackets, sweatshirts, a lot of Colt shit. So I was like, all right. Uh, I thought about it. I already feel like I'm getting fucked. So if this guy comes through for me and I don't get fucked, I'll be better. So I sent, he he wanted, I had this like windbreaker jacket. I'm like, all right, man. I'll send you this fucking windbreaker jacket, but then promote the fuck out of my Macari. So if I sell at least like two, maybe three things, I'll be ahead. So we'll see. I don't know. The guy's probably fucking me. I'm probably fucked. I mean, he's got a lot, like, he does have a lot of Instagram things. He's got a lot of posts. He's got almost 3,000 posts. How many posts do I have? I, I gotta have more posts than fucking 3,000, right? Gotta. Nope, I only got 2,600. Huh. So he's got more posts than me. Uh, Instagram's probably my least favorite of the three that I use. The Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. I'm not on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. I don't include that, though. I don't know. Everyone's like, a picture's worth a thousand words. I'm like, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather read a thousand words, I guess. I don't know. So we'll see if that guy comes through. And then I had another guy. He uh, a couple days ago he he sent me a, I had a Reggie Bush figurine, you know one of those uh, McFarlane figurines, a lot of sports ones. They're very well done, right? They're very nice figurines. And uh, I had a Reggie Bush one, and I had it listed for nine bucks. And the dude sent me an offer for seven. <laughs> now I I didn't even message the dude I just declined it I was like fuck you we're gonna bicker over two bucks 
like if I was selling something for 35 and he asked for 33, I'd be like, okay, I guess. But if you're going from nine to seven, I don't know. To me, it's telling me you're cheap as fuck. Because I'll tell you this too, you can't find uh, that Reggie Bush for $9. I told, because uh, he messaged me again last night. He he offered me seven again, and he gave me this huge kind of like sob story. He's like, I was, uh, I was Reggie's high school football coach, and we're trying to get all these figurines for our display case. And that's the only one we don't have. And, you know, I'm really looking to see if you'll take seven for it. And I declined it again. <laughs> I didn't care about his dumb sob story. You're a football coach. Why don't you ask Reggie Bush to give it to you then? How about the extra $2? <laughs> Call up Reggie. Go, hey, Reggie, man, I need a loan. Can you fucking uh, fork over two bucks for me? Two dollars, Jesus. And I told him, I said, hey man, if you go and look, you are not going to be able to find this figurine for nine dollars. Nobody else is selling it for nine dollars. Everybody else is selling it for fifteen dollars plus. I was like, go go ahead and look. I told him, look. And he's like, I can get a new one. It's still in the package, because mine is not in the package. He's like, I can get a new one in the package for twelve. And I said, well, they buy it for 12. I said, get it for 12. Why are you fucking with me? Why is $2 an issue for you? So he then he bought it for he bought it for the $9. He said he asked two other coaches to throw in like a, a, you know, half, a dollar each or whatever. I'm like, God damn, dude. What the fuck is wrong with you? I know teachers don't get paid for shit. But I also want to tell him, like, hey, man, you don't need this fucking thing. Again, I don't sell shit that people need. I sell shit that people would like. Jerseys, autographed footballs, bobbleheads, shit like that. I'm not selling shit you fucking absolutely need to live. I'm not selling baby food. I'm not selling medication. I'm selling shit for cheap, you fuck. <laughs> so I'll get it fucking packaged up and mail it out to him tomorrow. Jesus Christ. Uh, all right, so getting back to my day. So I get to work. I get there a little early. I sit there in the parking lot. Uh, ten, like 10.55 rolls up. I walk, I get out, I walk up to the door. They got to buzz me in. They got to wand me down. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell you where I'm working. I think I've mentioned it on the Patreon. I'll probably talk about it on the Patreon. I'm not going to talk about it on the freebie because uh, there's like some weird, there's weird security shit. I just don't want to talk about it on this. If you want to know where I'm working, you fuck, you're going to have to pay. <laughs> I'm sure at some point, uh, because I'll lose my goddamn mind, I'll start talking about it here. But for right now, I'm not going to talk about it here. But i got to tell you this. So uh, she, they wand me down. Uh, they bring me into this uh, room. And it's me and two other dudes. We're training. And the dude, the trainer comes in. And he just starts talking. He doesn't, like, introduce himself. He doesn't have the rest of us introduce ourselves to each other. 
Uh, so immediately, I'm like, oh, this is not the kind of place I've ever worked at before. As a social worker, it's always been like, we're very touchy-feely human beings, and it's always, let's introduce ourselves, and let's get to know each other a little better. And I'm not going to lie, I fucking hate that, too. <laughs> uh, what Tell something about yourself that uh, is, is a fun fact. Uh, I hate interviews and they suck balls. <laughs> I get very anxious at new jobs. That's a fun fact. So we're just getting into it. Uh, it's very easy shit. Uh, he leaves. He leaves us to our own devices. We're doing some stuff on the computer. You know, the normal fill out shit. Take, uh, you know, read over some fucking uh, stuff and, you know, fill in this information what pretty easy so we're done and he like he disappears for a long period of time it felt like an hour and uh i mean it took us like 10 minutes to work on this shit so the two dudes quickly realize that they have a lot in common i do not have anything in common with these two uh, I'm going to call them meatheads. I have nothing in common with these meatheads. They're going to be doing a completely different job than me. Uh, they both were dudes who were, they worked in the service. They got out of the service. Uh, they want to be cops. They were cops. Now they're, they've moved and they're trying to be cops elsewhere. And this job is just kind of like a filler thing for them. And they're just talking about guns and time they were in the service and uh, what it was like being cops and busting people and how dumb people were. And I'm just listening to them talk back and forth. And I'm like, ah, fucking, fucking Christ. These are the guys that I would have avoided in high school. These were the dudes that I avoided in college. These are the kind of dudes that I just try to avoid in life in general. They're kind of like, um, I, you know, I, I'm not trying to generalize, and I know that I am. I'm not going to deny that I am. But these are the guys that I'm sure uh, fucking were just bullies. Um, you know, they always try to make it seem like, oh, fuck, they were servicemen and they were cops and they're fucking heroes. And I'm like, I don't know. Listening to the way these guys talk, these guys were none of those fucking things. Now, I'm not saying that they weren't put in positions that were very scary and awful. But I do know that they love the fact that they were in those situations so that they themselves in turn could probably do some awful fucking things. <laughs> uh, just so funny. Just sitting down with these guys. It was funny, one of the questions that was asked on this test, and the guy let us all, he let all three of us kind of sit together and work things out. And uh, one of the questions was, what is your most important tool on the job? And the tools were uh, bulletproof vest, your cell phone, your camera cell phone, I think that's how they phrase it. It was a, it was a weird phrase. 
what was the third thing? The fuck is a bulletproof vest, camera. Um, some it was there. There was a third option, and the last one was none of the above. And both guys were like, none of the above. And in my brain, I'm like going, well, the cell phone camera, because you can take pictures and, and videotape shit and you can call people. To me, that seems like the most important tool. They, they, they disagreed with me. They were both like, you're, you're gone. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I get, I get where your rationale is, what your thought process is, you know, from your, uh, your background or whatever. But I guess in my, my viewpoint, my life, I hate fucking guns. I never want to touch a gun. I don't need a gun. I've never felt the need for a gun because um, I don't put myself in situations where you need a gun. Now I know the job that we're going to have could require you needing to use it, but I'm like going, use your fucking brain first. God damn. Uh, but according to the guy, when he, he did the test, it was the bulletproof vest was your most important tool. And I'm like, really? The bulletproof vest? Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody, yeah. So that was, so then we got out about five. So it wasn't very long day, 11 to... 11 to 5, and then I start tomorrow. I start my regular hours. I start at 2. It's a second shifter. 2 o'clock. 2 to 10. 2 to 11 or so. Fuck me. Fuck me right in the goat hole. I am not I am not looking forward to that, everybody. I am not looking forward to a second shift job. But this job, uh, the one thing about it, was that uh, there's room for advancement pretty quickly. This guy was talking about how, you know, someone after like six months got a promotion, someone after nine months got a promotion. And it's not saying that's going to happen for me, but fuck, I hope so. God damn. Some, some. So this, so this podcast will change for uh, both the Patreon and the freebies because I probably am going to do it after work so they'll get released late at night you know 11 midnight after midnight and there there we go so i'm giving everyone the heads up on the freebie anyone who gives a fuck all six of you <laughs> who listen to this shit it's gonna start changing so uh that's just how it is so feel free to get a hold of me if you want. But always look for the Facebook posts and look for the Twitter posts. If you have concerns like, where the fuck's the podcast? Well, it's changing now. Now that I'm not delivering Dippin' Dots, now, you know, Dippin' Dots, I was always getting out of work at like 5, 6 o'clock. Now it's uh, going to be much later. It's very, uh, it's, I'm actually, I work right down the road, like, two minutes driving not even two minutes driving from the ballpark so uh when i left work today my new job and i passed dipping dots the warehouse everybody was gone at like five o'clock and i'm like yeah that's always the best 
I'm sure everyone came in at like six in the morning or so, but uh, but there you go. So uh, we'll figure it out. That's that's gonna be my life. I was supposed to be doing a film, filming, gonna be some filming this weekend. I got asked to be uh, in another film, and they told me originally that they were gonna film this weekend. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, man, a uh, Super Bowl is on Sunday. Don't fuck with me in my Super Bowl. But it got pushed back a week. So that'll be exciting. I got I got sent the script today. I haven't looked it over yet. Uh, so it should should be a lot of fun. I enjoy the acting. I enjoy when I can do some shit. Uh, yeah. So I'll let you guys know how that goes. So, um, oh, God. Uh, they, uh, the Houston Texans. I know a lot of you don't give a fuck about football. I like football. Houston Texans hired Lovey Smith to be their coach. Houston Texans were a fire dumpster this past year. I know a lot of you guys don't care, but they were a fire dumpster. I think maybe uh, top or bottom three teams. I think it was Jaguars, Lions, and Texans. I mean, there was just the problem with lack of direction from coaching, uh, lack of direction with concerning their starting quarterback, Deshaun Watson with his issues of sexual harassment uh so they were dumpster fire so they hired lovey smith which i will say uh it's a good hire because i think he'll be an okay coach i think he did okay with the bears uh i think he's an african-american male so uh people probably okay with that will the texans be good next year fuck no they're gonna be shit i still don't know what they're gonna do with sean watson it's been i don't know five six seven months since he's been accused of all these sexual allegations, I really have no idea if that shit's going to go away. I hopefully not. I don't want these ladies to be bought out. If he did shit things, he needs to be held accountable, right? Anyone who does shit things needs to be held accountable for their actions. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I know there have been lots of issues concerning the NFL hiring African male or minority uh individuals to be their coaches i know i'm saying male and i need to stop that females can coach football as well too i think it was the um the new york giants just recently hired a woman to be one of their coaches in some capacity so uh kudos to them for doing that but with all the issues concerning brian flores who was the coach of the dolphins he got fired he's been interviewing for jobs he feels like all the interviews have been shams that they're just interviewing him because of the Rooney rule, the Art Rooney rule, indicating that they uh, any uh, job opening they had, they needed to interview at least uh, one minority candidate. But he feels like, and they did, the Giants did end up hiring Brian Dable, and instead of Brian Flores, Brian Dable is the guy who was the offensive coordinator coach for the Buffalo Bills, and apparently Bill Belichick had texted Brian Flores and was like, hey, man, congratulations on the job. And Flores is like, oh, I have an interview with the Giants in two weeks. And he's like, oh, fuck, sorry, man. Uh, I'm an idiot. I'm an old man. I didn't realize who I was texting. I thought I was texting Brian Dable. Uh, but good luck on the interview. Good luck. So Flores is suing, like, everybody and their mom. And, uh, you know, more power to them, you know.
I, I really struggle with the concept of telling a team or telling an employer how they need to hire. I get, like, you need to interview these people, but if the person that you want, you want that person, whether they're a minority or not, you should be allowed to hire them. Now, I know, like, they keep talking statistically, I guess 60% of the NFL is African-American, and there's only one out of the 32 coaches is African-American head coaches. So, uh, yes, yes, statistically speaking, it's off. Is that a race thing? I don't know. Is it? I mean, I guess, again, statistically, you're probably going, fuck, yeah, it is. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I guess. I don't know, so... Whatever, good luck to him. Good luck to Lovey Smith. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see the guy who was the uh, coach of the Lions. God, what the fuck was his name? Jim Caldwell. I'd like to see him get a job. I don't know if he's been interviewing. The fucking, he was doing okay as the Lions. He's probably the wittiest coach in the Lions history. <laughs> and he was probably only there like four years, and he's probably the winningest coach. I think he had two or three seasons where they won like 10 plus games and then they fired him and then they've been shit since they fired him. So dumb. So dumb. Everybody's dumb. Joe Rogan's dumb. He's continues to get fucking flack over the dumb COVID shit. Apparently he says the N word a lot on his podcast. I'll tell you guys this. I don't listen to his podcast. I don't think I've ever listened to his podcast because his podcasts are like three and a half hours long. And who's got that kind of investment into it? I just, I can't do it. I don't like him enough to sit through three and a half hours. If, if he did a half hour podcast, fuck yeah. It'd be like, this podcast is almost 30 minutes long. You could listen to it. They'd be like, that guy's a fucking cocksucker. And that's what I assume the majority of you guys do. When you're listening to this, this guy's a fucking cocksucker. Why am I giving him 30 minutes? This guy should do a 10 minute podcast. <laughs> so he continues to get heat. I see a lot of comedians are kind of coming to his defense. And it's always shit about like, ah, you don't really know Joe. You don't know him like I know him. Okay. You can't censor people. Okay. You don't, you, you I, again, I don't think people quite understand what censorship means. When Spotify was dumping all of these uh, comedy recordings, they, they, I don't think they have any comedy shit on, you know, specials or anything of that nature on their uh, platform anymore. They got rid of it. Is that censorship? No. They're just like going, we don't want to play the shit on our platform anymore. Go fuck yourself. If they go, yeah, we don't want to play Prince anymore on our platform. That's not censorship. You can still go hear, censor, or hear Prince. You just, Spotify is like, fuck it. So if Spotify said, go fuck yourself, Joe Rogan, you know, that's not censorship. You guys can still go see him somewhere. He's not getting arrested. He's not losing his house. You guys are, a lot of people are forgetting what the fuck censorship means. Jesus. And I know this too. If I were to start saying uh, the N word on this podcast, if I were to start 
having guests on to talk about lunatic motherfucking uh, conspiracies concerning COVID or vaccinations, any of that shit. Spotify would dump my ass in a heartbeat. Don't you fucking think they wouldn't? They certainly would. But because they paid Joe Rogan a shit ton of money, he probably brings in a shit ton of money to them. They're going to fucking stand by this guy. It's dumb. A lot of the comedians are standing by him. Yeah, it's because they can fucking, they can continue to benefit and profit from their relationship with him. Fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. If you're a comedian who supports Joe Rogan, whatever, but fuck, fuck yourself. <laughs> And I keep seeing these dumb posts, too, from comedians. I'm sorry, everybody. It's a lot of these guys fucking get me heated. They keep talking about how comedian, our job as a comedian is to push boundaries. Our job as a comedian is to get people to think. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't believe so. I don't think, our job as a comedian is to get people to laugh. Now, if we do those things in the process... More power to you. But nobody goes, hey, you know what? I want to go to a comedy club because I want this guy to think outside. He, I, want it, I want this guy to get me to think outside my box. I want this guy to push the boundaries of what I believe is right and wrong. Everyone's like, oh, I hope this guy talks about his dick. <laughs> I hope this guy tells numerous fart jokes. All these guys are getting sanctimonious. Like we're modern day philosophers. Fuck them. These guys, the one guy in particular pisses me off because he's a fucking asshole. He's one of these, like, nostalgia comedians. Hey, you guys remember when we used to fucking, we were on the swing set and your dad was a moron and he didn't fucking uh, mount it correctly so it would come flying out of the ground and, oh, it was fucking great. Hey, you know when we used to ride our bikes and fucking... Uh, bees would get in the handle and they would come flying out and you'd fucking turn the wheel and would jam right in your rib. Remember that? that? That's the fucking joke. That's these nostalgia fucks. They're not funny. They're just, they just do these remember when shit. Yeah, I remember when comedians would have punchlines in their jokes, you dumb, dirty dick. <laughs> fucking assholes. Alright, enough. 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 When? Enough. God damn. Yeah. A long, long time ago, I used to be really good at running. I'm not saying really good. I enjoyed it. Um, I used to do uh, marathons and triathlons and you know I've got I got more than one trophy in my cabinet I've got more than one I've done some shit in my life uh, you know I, I did start off doing the running and then the girl who I was seeing at the time was like hey let's do some triathlon shit and we had a pool at work she and I were co-workers and uh there was a pool at work, and we used to go um, swimming. I'm sorry, everybody. This thing is fucking my my interwebs is being silly right here. Uh, so you used to go swimming, and so yeah, we would do triathlons, and so that's we got into the biking and the swimming too. 
and I was always uh, I enjoyed it. It was different than the running. What the fuck is happening? I'm sorry, bloody I had all this shit. Whoa, what now? Everything went black on my screen. What the fuck is happening here? What happened? Oh my god, I don't know what happened here, everybody. Boom, bang. Wow. Wow. I sound like Owen Wilson. Wow. I've never had this happen before. And my whole, the screen just went completely dark. Hmm. Hmm. Because I was trying, there was a story here. Story! Am I going to have to turn this whole thing fucking off? I think I'm going to have to do that, everybody. I'm going to have to turn off my computer. Well, it's going to restart it. How about that? I'm going to restart it. We'll find it. Well, the reason I bring it up, there was an article here, and then maybe I'll eventually find it and get back to it. About a woman who was, uh, she was doing some biking. She was a biker. I'm going to restart anyway. Restart anyway. She was a biker. And then I don't know what was going on in her brain. I always have some serious questions about bikers. And again, like I said, I did a lot of biking uh, for the triathlons. You know, I did a couple half Ironman. So, you know, it's 56 miles. I know a lot of people have done much, much farther. But, uh, you know, you're putting in some time, right? I've always been curious about some bikers, though, because I know, like, bikers have to follow the rules of the road. Um, I, I know that they can be put at risk. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm also of the viewpoint of I will always give – I might have the right of way, but I will always give way to, like, cars or trucks or whatever – because I know that they can hit me, and I am the one that's going to get seriously injured. The, the car will just get like a dent or a scratch or whatever. I'm going to have like a broken leg, a broken back, a broken arm, a broken neck, whatever. And I would just assume not have that. So I was always very cautious. I will gladly give way. And I know a lot of bikers are like, I have the right of way. In fact, all right. If that's how you want to be, man. I, I would like to be able to walk away from this day's bike ride if given the chance. But there was a woman. I was reading the article. I don't know where the fuck it went because the whole screen just went black. Everything disappeared. I couldn't get any. I pulled up numerous things to talk about. And it's all fucking gone. <laughs> Ugh. Um, she was somewhere... <laughs> biking and uh, I guess she thought hey I'm a better cyclist than uh, than I, I think I'm a better cyclist than I actually am because she came to a bridge that wasn't just a bridge it was a drawbridge and uh, I don't know if this chick thought that like she could Dukes a hazard style this thing on her bike because she could not Everybody, she did not. Apparently, she's trying to get up to the top of the bridge to fucking jump it. And, well, she fell short. And when I say she fell short, she fell 50 feet to her death. <laughs> Whoa. How awful would that be, everybody? How do you put that in the obituary? Is that the hack joke of she died doing what she loves of biking? 
Or is it the hack joke of she died uh, falling to her death as she enjoyed it? Ugh. Let me see if I can find it quickly here. Let me see if I can find it quickly here. Because I would like to fucking read the article to... Not popping up. All right, now let me do the quick Google search. Woman falls off. Oops, not oof. Off bridge on bike. Boom. Oh, apparently there's video of it. Oh my God. I don't want to see video of it. Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, she was walking her bike. That's even dumber. I thought she was actually right. See, now, it, you know, I was like, oh, fuck, this is totally on her. And now this is, now I feel like this is even more on her. Police out in Florida are investigating after a woman fell about five stories to her death when a drawbridge opened as she was walking her bike across it on Sunday. West Palm Beach said Sunday that the woman whose name and age were not released was walking her bike across the Royal Park Bridge, which connects West Palm Beach to Palm Beach. She was about 10 feet from the end of the bridge and fell some 50 feet through a gap in the road, and she landed on concrete. What? Uh, none of this is making any sense to me. The woman tried to hang on. There was a bystander nearby who tried to help her, but tragically she fell five or six stories below where she died landing on concrete. Whew. There's a bridge tender, and that bridge tender has certain safety protocols to follow specific safety protocols that includes lowering of the gates for the vehicles, lowering of the gates for pedestrians, and making several visual confirmations that there's nobody at either of the spans or past those gates. The bridge was closed for nearly six hours on Sunday as the police investigated the scene to determine how the bridge rose before it was cleared of pedestrians. So it is one of the ones that, you know, it raises up crazy just crazy how do you not know is that operator error is there some dude who's works the bridge and that he's like the troll of the bridge and that's his only job he's there to do the fucking troll toll and then he raises up the bridge to let the ships pass by how do you not hear it? I mean, like, mechanically speaking, I would think this bridge is making a shit ton of noise. It looks like a monstrous bridge. I actually preferred the story more thinking she was trying to dukes a hazard this shit and she was trying to jump over it. Now I kind of feel like an asshole because I'm assuming it was an old lady. Like, what person is walking their bike over a bridge? An old lady is. Now I feel bad. Now I feel like the fucking asshole. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right, there was one other thing that I know that I was going to talk about. And this is something I've done recently. I find these uh, like Dear Abby, Dear Annie stories. And they just, stories, and they just seem so dumb. That I'm like, why is... Uh, anyone even writing to Annie or Abby or any of these chicks 
asking for advice when everything just seems like, yeah, this is pretty fucking uh, spot on, right? Like you should know this without anyone fucking telling you. But sometimes I guess I just feel like it's common sense to me, but uh, common sense is not so common apparently. So I wanted to read this to you. This will probably be the last one. This one was to Dear Abby. Dear Abby is like the old lady, Abigail Van Buren or something like that. She's been doing it a long, long time. There's these new ones. There's Dear Annie, and I think there's a third one. But anyway, this one goes, Dear Abby, I had substance abuse problems in the past. Already good. Set in the story. This this person is a fuck-up. They had substance abuse problems. They like to get shit bone hammered. They like to get fucking high on meth. This person's a mess. Okay. I've been in rehabilitation program for a while now, and I have been sober for more than a year. Good for this person. They're getting their life together. Maybe they'll get their kids back. <laughs> I would like to continue my sobriety and feel I can stay sober from drugs and still drink socially. My family is against me drinking at all, and even though alcohol is plentiful at their holiday get-togethers. They also don't want me socializing with friends who drink at all, even if these friends don't use other substances. I should mention I am of legal drinking age. How can I convince my family that I will stay off drugs while drinking socially? I know they want what's best for me, but I don't want to feel left out of family events or have to end friendships, which feels extreme. Uh, Sincerely responsible social drinker. Uh, again, I don't, this is how I'm going to answer it. I have not read Abby's response, but I'm going to say this. Uh, this guy, I'm assuming, I'm just going to assume it's a girl. It could be a chick. I'm not trying to be sexist. That's just where my brain goes. Uh, but I will say, I, uh, this dude should not be drinking. Um, I have dealt with people who are substance users who thought they could drink socially. I mean, this alcoholics who thought they could drink socially, they can't. I, I, I'm going to tell you this. If, if booze or drugs was a problem for you, there is no, um, there's no moderation, man. There's no moderation. What, socially drinking is just going to turn into you getting plastered because you clearly, there's something with your brain that needs you to get fucked up. So I would agree with your parents and saying, hey, man, you can't get drunk. And I, I will say this, too, though, with because you were like, oh, well, my parents have a lot of fucking booze at their get-togethers. Yeah, there's a lot of booze everywhere. Like pretty much every restaurant, there's booze. Bowling alley, booze. And movie theaters, a lot of them now, booze. Airports, booze. Fucking, uh, there's booze everywhere, man. I hate to say it. You're going to have to deal with it. It's going to be the same thing soon enough. I'm, I'm assuming in 10 years from now, there we're, we're going to have, places are going to go back to smoking, non-smoking sections. But it's going to be for weed. It's going to be for fucking pot smokers. That's It's just going to be that way. Although things will be like encased. It, it was just so ridiculous back in the day, if any of you are old fucks like myself, You'd go to a restaurant like Denny's or Perkins, and there'd be like an imaginary line down the middle of it where you'd be like, smoking or non-smoking? It's just, yeah, like this imaginary line was going to keep the smoke out. But it's going to get that way. 
So I'll tell this guy, stop being a fuckface. Sorry, man. Don't think that you have the ability to remain a responsible uh, drinker. If you went to rehab, clearly your shit was out of your control. You are a, a, you're a sober alcoholic. Or some people would call him a dry drunk. Once you're a substance user, you're always a substance user. Sorry. You're either using or you're not using. And you're not using, but you're still a fucking alcoholic or whatever. You're still a fucking meth head or whatever. I'm going to go with your parents. Let's see what Abby's got to say. Dear Responsible, while your family is well-intentioned, I agree they're thinking they can maintain your sobriety for you by deciding what you may or may not drink on their premises is extreme. And the decision of who of who you can safely socialize with should be made by you. This is an important subject you should discuss with your sponsor or the administrators of your substance abuse rehabilitation program. Please don't wait to do it not knowing you personally and cannot and should not advise you further than this. Uh, Abby, I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself. You're an old lady who doesn't know shit about shit. <laughs> because I'll tell you this too, so much of your fucking substance abuse problems with this person or any person is because of who you fucking are hanging out with, who you're socializing with. I can't tell you how many people have said that they've lost, uh, friends have lost interest in them once they've gone sober. A real friend's going to stick with you whether you're sober or not, and they'll probably try to fucking get you to stay sober. So, Abby, you're wrong. 100% she's wrong. She's wrong, she's wrong, she's fucking wrong. She's an old fucking lady, and she's fucking wrong. <laughs> Tell her to her face. Stay sober, man. Listen to your parents. They're the ones who are going to be around you at the end, not your fucking drunk friends. That's how it is. All right, everybody, that's it. I'm going to go drink some N.A. beer because I'm not allowed to drink booze anymore because I got blood clots and I'm on blood thinners. <laughs> so I'm going to go get me an N.A. beer. Uh, but if you guys can do me a solid, go like the Facebook page, go like the Twitter page, do that if you could. If you guys uh, would like to consider subscribing to the Patreon, I'd appreciate it. It's uh, the same shit as this shit, just more of the shit. Because I do the freebies Mondays and Thursdays, Patreon pretty much every other day of the week, every other day of the month. Uh, just five bucks a month. That's it. It's pretty cheap. One less ice mocha mocha in your life. Uh, and it goes to somebody who can use it. I use that money uh, to help pay my fucking uh, medical bills. <laughs> and uh, every once in a while I turn around and give uh, free shit to the uh, Patreon subscribers. So... If that's an encourager, I don't know what else is. So consider that. Check out my Macari if you're interested in any of that shit. And then uh, go check out these four things. Go check out Magic, J-B-N. That's my boy John Midgley. He's got a page on Facebook for his magic stuff because he is a magician. He is an artist. And uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not. The dude knows how to make a sweet chicken tender. I don't know what the fuck he does to it. I think he puts uh, some booze in it. I've had some of his chicken tenders. I'm like, what the hell is this? It was super good. I think he soaks it in wine. That's what I'm thinking. Not good for my blood thinners, but pretty good for my taste buds. So go check out Magic JBM, and you'll see his magic stuff. You'll see his art stuff. And I don't know, maybe, maybe at some point he'll pull up his recipe for chicken tenders. <laughs> then check out the Sunday Slaw. That's Stephanie and Adam House. They eat coleslaw. They Facebook lives themselves. Is that how you say it? Facebook live? Facebook lives? 
Facebook lives. I don't know. They're on Facebook and they do a video of themselves eating coleslaw. Sundays, that is. Hence the Sunday slaw. Adam's also a real estate agent. So go follow the page. You'll find out a lot of stuff about slaw. And uh, maybe Adam can help you sell, uh, sell your house or help you buy a house. Go check him out, the Sunday slaw. Then we got uh, my boy Matt Harper. Matt Harper of Matt Harper, uh, the host of another episode podcast fame. He's got a page on Instagram and TikTok for his art, Matt Harper Art. And he draws some cool shit, and you can commission him to draw some shit for you. So go check out his stuff at Matt Harper Art. I'm serious, 100% serious. It's good shit. It's good shit. Get him. He'll draw some shit for you. And then uh, when he's not drawing shit, he is doing the podcast, another episode podcast where he and Mandy Lane, they talk about movies that shaped their childhood. You know, they're in their uh, mid to late 30s, I think. So they're talking about movies that are good 20, 30 years old. So these are movies you've seen. These are movies you heard about. You know what's going down. No spoilers. And uh, they just have a lot of fun on these podcasts. So go check them out. Last week was Fargo. I love that movie, Fargo. So go check them out on your favorite podcast platform and follow along on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. So that's it, everybody. I am done. I will be back tomorrow for the Patreon. But as I said, it's going to be late. It will be a late, late podcast. So don't don't mess with me at like 8, 9 o'clock going, where's the podcast? Because I'll be like, I'm at fucking work. I'm working for a living now. So, uh, so there we go, everybody. That's it. Uh, thanks for listening. I love you. Take care. I'll see you on Thursday for the freebie, or I'll see you tomorrow for the Patreon. We'll see you guys. Have a good one. Goodbye. Okay,